0: In this early week edition of the Maximize Your Medicare podcast, another segment of Don't Do This. And in addition to that, I'm going to take a look at the large number of mistakes that are being made when overlooking tax matters, health insurance, and Medicare. Let's go. All right, welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. My name is Jay O. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare, Qualify for Benefits, Protect Your Health, and Minimize Your Cost. Published by Allworth Press in 2020. It's available pretty much everywhere. Amazon.com, everyone's heard of Amazon. I'm sure your local bookstore will be able to get it for you as well. I'm a certified financial planner and one caveat I always have to make, or actually a second one today that I always forget Number one is today's not financial advice. For that, I need to know much more about you like I do all of my clients. And number two is it's important to keep up to date. The reason is things are moving. The world changes through time. Medicare has changed. In the first edition of my book, 2013, eight years ago, incredibly eight years ago, the conclusions of Maximize Your Medicare, for example, Medicare Advantage, has changed Notably, notably, meaning that the competition in the Medicare Advantage market has made it such that it is a very viable alternative to Medigap if that is too expensive for you. Anyway, on we go. One quick update about the news, uh, something that I saw in the recent headlines is, or I don't know, in the media somewhere, and it was the idea that, you know, I've reported and it was true. That coronavirus testing is going to be large, the co-pays, waived pretty much across the board, meaning that in the individual health insurance market, it is now part of an essential health benefit. Therefore, if you have a compliant plan, Affordable Care Act, ACA compliant plan, whether you bought this, for example, on the federal marketplace where you know I have a certification and help persons, those plans are definitely going to have coronavirus testing for no copay. And in addition to that, many Medicare Advantage plans, if not all, I I can't name of anyone who doesn't. But that said, I want to say that the largest Medicare Advantage plan carriers in the country have also pledged to say that coronavirus testing is no charge. Yabbit. And here's the yabbit. What I have also seen and have been made aware of is that that can be true assuming you have some symptoms, in other words, that you have reason to be testing yourself for coronavirus. Now, this is notably different, right? Because you could say that that preventing the spread of coronavirus is not only dependent on the people who you know have symptoms but also, importantly, to get the confidence of the people that, hey, I don't have coronavirus, I've never had coronavirus. Well, in order to do that, you actually need to have a test for those persons who have no symptoms. doesn't seem that that exists. If you look in the media, and there's a ton of media and articles 500 word, 1,000 word articles, which kind of point out certain ways to minimize taxes. Of course, you know, lots of people want to pay less taxes. And some some, some very popular strategies are IRA Roth conversion, um, reverse mortgage, social security deferral, and of course, required minimum distributions. And here's kind of the, it's a shortcoming of the way that people are informed about these topics. And the reason is, is that in isolation, the articles are not necessarily wrong, right? In other words, IRA Roth conversion. Yes, you can convert your 401k or IRA and and do the Roth conversion up to X dollars a year. And I'm not disputing the rationale for doing so. And I'm also not disputing the reporting of the rules. However, it is very important for people to understand that this is also a shortcoming. And it comes back to The previous podcast, when I said something about the 26 year old, you know, what I would tell a 26 year old about financial stuff, which is that, you know, one thing in isolation may be true, but in combination can be totally misplaced. Quickly for review, the rationale for Roth IRA conversion is the fact that you think that tax rates are going to be much higher in the future, and therefore you take monies from your IRA and convert to Roth IRA because of the fact that you would rather pay a lower tax bracket today than a higher tax bracket tomorrow. And I'm not going to settle the debate or debate all the nuances about Roth IRA conversions on whether or not this fits for you, except to say that, except to say that these considerations are calling make it seem like Roth IRA conversions are a layup. Not really. And the reason for that, and this is the basic principle, right, is that it is bringing forward your taxable income and it's trying to avoid higher tax rates in the future. The flip side is important because now health insurance and Medicare involve taxes. And it's very important to keep this in mind before making such kind of financial moves, which in isolation may seem wise. Let's just say you're a married couple and you have converted $14,000 in this year, you know, the maximum, and converted to a Roth IRA. Well, what you've also done is you have increased your adjusted gross income by this $14,000. Depending on on what your total income is, you know, this could have some unwanted side effects and which would basically cancel out all the benefits of tax deferral and some, as well as creating a problem today, as opposed to defeating the purpose, you know, which is to avoid higher tax brackets in the future. So let's just take an example. For example, in the Affordable Care Act, as you may or may not know, there's something called the Advanced Premium Tax Credit, which allows people with particular incomes to receive subsidies towards their health insurance premium for Affordable Care Act compliant plans if you enroll on your state exchange or on the federal marketplace exchange, the federal healthcare.gov site. Depending on your income, what can end up happening is that you can receive a subsidy. And let's say you do the Roth IRA conversion in October. Well, the problem is, is that when you end up filing your taxes without... And let's just say, for example, you have become unemployed or have decided to retire early in which case you have decided to lower your income intentionally so that you can qualify for the Affordable Care Act, APTC. All of that's good. All of that's fine. And let's just say your total credit is you know, $500 of APTC a month. So now you've received $500 of tax credit a month for six months. Okay, so $3,000. Well, and then at the end of the year, you decided to convert Roth IRA, right, the $14,000. The issue is, is that your adjusted gross income has increased by that $14,000. And if that is the case, what can end up happening is you may owe a portion or all of the $500 a month tax credit you received, for the last six months of 2020, which is $3,000. So now you can see it. Okay, so I tried to save myself a tax rate in the future because I think the tax rates are going higher, which is debatable, right? which is uncertain. And in addition to that, I also took a $3,000 tax credit which was in the form of lower health insurance premiums that then may need to be paid back immediately or as soon as you file your 2020 income taxes, and now all of a sudden you have bit off your nose to spite your face. Is that what the, how the phrase works? Something like that. I mean, in, in other words, you have missed the forest. You've got the tree right, potentially, if you follow this article, which said that Roth IRA conversions are a good thing. And here's the rationale, and it looks attractive. But as soon as I introduce the APTC, now all of a sudden, you realize, oops, I made a mistake, and I made an expensive one. The same thing can be said about Medicare. Now, to a lesser degree, that I will grant you. So under Medicare, if you have higher income, okay, and for a person, for a single person, that is $87,000. For a married couple, it begins at double that, so $174,000. So in other words, if your Roth IRA conversions, right, took you over those thresholds. And there are five different thresholds. You can see the thresholds on maximizermedicare.com. I have the table of IRMAs. I've written an article on MedicareResources.org where I'm an expert contributor. The fact of the matter is, is then in addition to that, you could be hitting yourself with IRMA, which subjects you to higher Medicare as well as Part D premiums. In other words, if you try to calculate how much in taxes you've actually saved, maybe, right? Because you're, it's not certain that tax rates will increase in the future at your particular income bracket, right? There's nothing that says that for, with any certainty. But that was the rationale going in. Well, now you create a problem today, or in the very, in the nearer future. Right, so the savings you had reaped or intended to reap later created a problem, a certain problem today, just by the fact of that you looked at only the Roth IRA conversion issue without looking at the issues that are related to it. Now, this seems complicated, and I can understand that. That said... And this is going to be me throwing a rock at somebody out in the world. I I recognize that, which is that, you know, too frequently, what ends up happening is people try to fragment. They try to segment. They try to keep something that they thought were separate issues separate. That doesn't necessarily work, right? In other words, sometimes somebody just says, well, I've got a health insurance guy. Or I've got a tax guy. Or I've got an investments guy. The issue is that because of the fact that these th- things mingle with one another, you know, they don't actually sit separately. And it's really a challenge for you, right? Because what ends up happening is that people get marketed services or products as if they are standalone products. But the reality is, is that there are deep interactions amongst things that seem unrelated. In the, in the presentation I made to a college, you know, I, and up on YouTube, there is something called life, uh, Life's a Gamble and Other Myths. It is a video. You should watch it, about 35-minute video. Yes. Do I need to know the technicals of Roth IRA conversion and the rationale? Yes, I do. That is true. Certified financial planner, I'm responsible for that. That all said... I am also responsible for the topics next to it, meaning that, you know, it's like pieces of a puzzle. If Roth IRA conversion is one piece of the puzzle, health insurance is another piece of the puzzle, required minimum distributions, another piece of the puzzle, social security timing, another piece of the puzzle. One piece in isolation being correct isn't sufficient. That's your takeaway for today. And that, and that does not matter what age division you are, right? It just so happens that the pieces of the puzzle differ and they change in importance over time. In this week's segment of Don't Do This, Larry from Miami writes, Jay, I am considering enrolling in Medicare Advantage, but I'm concerned that the hospital is out of network. Would this change my selection of Medicare Advantage plans? I'm thinking about enrolling in the plan where the hospital is called in-network. Does this sound right to you? So Larry, this is a good question. And generally speaking in Maximize Your Medicare and understanding Medicare Advantage plans, it is very important to understand the network. Depending on the type of Medicare Advantage plan and the status of whether or not your health care provider, whether that be doctor, hospital, clinic, is called in-network or out-of-network, you can be either responsible for the entire charge or you can be charged the out-of-network, out-of-pocket cost, which will be notably different in certain instances when compared to the in-network charges. Now, here, however, is a, are a couple of extra things that you need to keep in mind as you think through Medicare Advantage plans. First of all, the idea of network under Medicare is actually notably different than networks prior to Medicare in the pre-65 area. And this, again, has another couple of subtle subpoints, if you will. So for persons who have individual health insurance, you will know that the notions of network can be quite a mess. And what that means is you have HMOs and PPOs, generally speaking, in the individual market. And even within HMO, even within PPO, depending on the carrier, what has happened is certain carriers have set up multiple HMOs, multiple HMOs. So Dr. X can belong to HMO number one, and not belong to HMO number two, even when the carrier is the same. This is pretty unsettling, right? Because what ends up happening is people who come to me and say, well, I'm just going to handle it myself and enroll, and then they start clicking. Well, the problem with that is if you've not vetted everyone, then you find out that your primary care physician is not in the network. It's not only that. The primary care physician is required for referral under HMOs in which case now not only that but the point person the point guard if you will the primary care physician also has to be in network so if you if your out of network primary care physician sends you to an in network specialist on your HMO still doesn't necessarily work this can be quite a problem in the individual market and in certain states, certain locations where I have clients, it is very, very difficult to navigate. For example, Georgia, very, very complicated, multiple networks in the, in the metropolitan Atlanta area, and even the healthcare providers aren't specifically sure about which specific HMO. So my, a doctor can be in HMO1 and not accept HMO3. That is entirely possible. For the group market, notably better, meaning that generally speaking, let's just go back to Atlanta, for example. Carrier number one has a healthcare provider. Let's call him Dr. X. Well, generally speaking, what happens, carrier number one's group employer plans are far broader, far broader, far superior to that of the individual market. So as a result, what you end up having is going to going to happy hour and complaining about health insurance with your friends what ends up happening is if you don't know exactly what these nuances are you could be talking about entirely different situations with one another so you do need to be careful that long windup really is about is different when it comes to Medicare In Medicare, generally speaking, you do not have this splintered HMO. Under Medicare, even HMO, you can go to out-of-network providers in certain instances, depending on the HMO. And not only that, the notion of the way that people handle out-of-network and really the highlight here is this, which is that out-of-network for a Medicare Advantage plan simply means that if the person, if that doctor, let's call him Dr. X again, if this person accepts the federal Medicare card, federal Medicare card, the red, white, and blue card, then he does accept your Medicare Advantage PPO. It's just that you get charged the out-of-network cost. That's it. Now, in certain cases, that can be notable, right? I mean, the a specialist could be $50 in network and it can be 20% copay out of network. Could that happen? Yes, it could. Nevertheless, there isn't the situation under a Medicare Advantage PPO where the doctor doesn't accept the plan at all unless that doctor doesn't accept any Medicare clients, like no Medicare patients. Other than that, you will get coverage from your Medicare Advantage PPO as long as the healthcare provider accepts n- Medicare itself. And that makes it way different, way different than the pre-65 market. That's something very, very important to keep in mind because what ends up happening is people, they correctly try to select Medicare Advantage plans where the providers are in network. And I encourage that, a point I make in Maximize Your Medicare. That said if you have a PPO a lot of the ideas a lot of the war stories the horror stories you hear about you know huge medical bills they don't really exist under Medicare Advantage PPOs and the reason is because most providers the overwhelming well over 90% of healthcare providers in the United States accept the federal Medicare card so back to Larry here so yeah. You know, for example, new to Medicare, not realizing the difference between pre-65 in and out of network definitions versus Medicare in and out of network definitions. This is a new set of language that people under Medicare do have to understand. Once you get beyond there, then the fact is in Larry's specific case, you know, he was writing from Miami. Miami. And it just so happens that in the location where he is writing from, there's a wide variety of Medicare Advantage plans, just like in every place in the nation, most of the places in the nation. What you end up having is the fact that plan number four has an out-of-pocket maximum, which is dramatically lower than plan number five. Okay, so now when I took a look at the hospital... It didn't belong in network under plan number four. And normally, normally I would have said, you know, Larry, you can pass on plan number four. Plan number five is better, doctor, Not the because, especially because the hospital is in network. The issue, though, is the fact that the out-of-pocket maximum, which is the lowest downside, the maximum financial exposure after which the insurance carrier pays a hundred percent was so dramatically lower in the plan number four case that even in the worst case so even in the worst case scenario you went to the hospital, it was out of network. But since the out of pocket maximum was dramatically lower in plan number four versus plan number five. That told me that's okay. In other words, because Medicare Advantage networks work this way, because it works this way, then you still lower your possible financial exposure by going with plan number four. Tricky stuff. You might think it's a kind of an innocent question. Hospital doesn't, isn't. In network in plan number four does that normally eliminate it from the choices yeah but you do have to keep digging on the details so that's my don't do this 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 week which is what you don't do is you don't stop looking just after one criteria you have to keep looking at the entire set of reasons that you would choose amongst Medicare Advantage plans All right, that's it for today. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts so that other people can discover the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Speak with you next time.